On this week's Compete Everyday podcast, we talk with sports psychologist Amanda Meyerberg about how we bring our mental A-game to life every day. What's up, Competitor Nation? Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and we are back with this brand new episode of the Compete Everyday podcast with my new friend Amanda Meyerberg talking about building a mental A-game. Amanda and I's conversation gets into specific tactics you can take to control your controllables, to master and build routines, and more importantly, while Amanda is not a fan of the phrase, get out of your comfort zone, and how she makes a fantastic case for how we should reframe our vocabulary and our mindset around comfort zones, around growth, around competing every single day. So I'm excited for you to listen in on this week's fun new conversation with her. Before we dive into the show, I want to tip you off that we just dropped a brand new shirt at CompeteEveryday.com called Stack'em. It's all about how you stack small losses, small failures, small setbacks, add them up over time to build your biggest victories. See, the people that do meaningful work, that pursue meaningful victories, that win, they've got a whole slew of failures, of setbacks, of obstacles that they've had to overcome along the way to get there. The road wasn't easy. They didn't just show up and seize the trophy. They had to work for it. They had to show up. They had to compete for it. And on the days they got their butts kicked, they had to take that L and use it as a foundation building block to keep building, keep growing, and keep getting better. And that's what this new shirt's all about. And if you look closely at the main graphic, you're going to notice some little L's because we want you to be reminded, we want you to be motivated and encouraged that even if you fail this time, get back up, use that as a learning lesson, take that loss, take that failure, use it as a brick to build the foundation for an even bigger future victory. Success is not easy. Trophies are not handed out in the real world. Go and compete for them. And so head on over to CompeteEveryday.com. Check out this brand new shirt. Stay motivated. Be empowered when you wear it. And use the code PODCAST to get 15% off that shirt or any other order on the Compete Everyday website. In fact, we're just restocking the Black Floral Spring Classic because all of you bought it so quickly that we sold out much quicker of our inventory than we anticipated. And so we've got it restocked in shelves tonight. Check it out. Check out the new stuff and wear some gear that's going to empower you and motivate you to show up and compete every day. Now, let's get into this week's brand new episode with Amanda Meyerberg. Amanda, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited today. I am even more looking forward to the conversation after our brief off-air exchange about what you're starting to do now with athletes from a more well-rounded approach. Uh, And so I'm ready to dive into that. But before we do, I'm interested and fascinated by what really was your passion to get into mental performance and sports psychology? Yeah, so long story short, I've been an athlete my whole life, as probably most people that have gotten into this field and part of it was i'll be super honest what i did not want to be a medical doctor my dad's a doctor my brother's a doctor my whole family's like go to the medical profession like surgeon all that fun stuff i do not like blood (laughs) (laughs) 
So for me, it was like, what can I do because around sport that is not dealing with blood, like an athletic trainer or a doctor, but is still connected because I love sports so much and happened to find the field of sports psychology, mental training. And I was like, this is awesome. This is exactly what I would want to do and hopefully be able to help other athletes along their path and their journeys that I wish I would have had when I had, like when I was competing. So let, let's talk about that. What sport or sports did you play growing up? Um, so my main sport I went to call, I played at Texas A&M International. I played okay. volleyball there, but growing up, um, I played so many different things. My first sport was tennis, played a lot of basketball, did track and field, played softball. It smaller Texas town, you play everything. Yeah. Yeah. So where, where, where was growing up for you as well as where uh, was Texas so International? Laredo, Texas. So right there okay. on the border. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. I was about to say, I grew up in East Texas, so a little bit different landscape, but uh, mm-hmm. Texan through and through as well. And I get the small town, small town, you grow up playing every yeah, single you, thing. You just, every play, week. you just play sports. You're they're like, yeah. whatever season it is, you play the sport. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. So looking back on that time, what's the mental skill now that you know about and, and train and obviously work with others on that you look back and think, man, if I just had that one when I was younger, it would have been a game changer for me. I think learning about self-talk and relaxation was a game changer for me because as an athlete, I was I started out playing tennis. So when you're a tennis player, it's just you on the court by yourself, no coaches, no teammates. You're in your head a lot. Yep. And so if I would have learned how to manage my self-talk a little bit better and manage my energy level with the relaxation stuff, it would have been a game changer for me because I was that kid that just was so in my head that I needed to get out of it. Yeah. So flash forward years now, you work with athletes, you have actually expanded your practice and what you do from beyond just the mental side to kind of more well-roundedness. And I'm curious about that change and what really inspired you to kind of expand what you do. And I think I know the answer, but I'm curious to hear kind of your thought process behind what initiated you being like, I want to do more. And then here's what I think would be the most value for my clients. Yeah. So I just added a health coach um, certification to being a certified mental performance coach, because I find a lot of times when I work with athletes, um, most of my clients, so people know are high school athletes. So this is where they're getting their foundation. They want to go to that next level and I'm there to help them do that. And part of it is mental is just one side of like the coin. There's the physical side as well. And a lot of times if we're not taking care of those little things on the physical side, we think it might be mental, but it actually might be physical. So like nutrition is a big one with my high school athletes. Like they'll be like, oh yeah, I like, um, I had a horrible game today and like, I just didn't score as many points as I thought. I was a little sluggish and they're like, it's definitely mental. I wasn't focusing. And then like, they'll tell me like later on, like down the conversation, like, I was like, well, what'd you do before the game? Like, oh, I went to McDonald's and had like a Big Mac and all this. I'm like, okay. So it's not necessarily mental, but it might be like, Hey, we need to look at that. Yeah, no, it's funny. I was keynoting an event last night and I was laughing, telling them, talking about just consumption and using the example, like when I was in high school, I would always eat two sprinkled donuts and drink a Red Bull on the way to school before football practice. The thought of that now makes me physically sick, Uh, but I would do it in high school and not think anything about it of, and not understanding like, 
when I was sluggish or just how that impacted the performance side, mm-hmm. because we miss that a lot of times, especially early on. We just think, well, I eat anything and I'll yeah, go in, out and play. In high school, you eat, you eat any, like I was, I would eat sour gummy worms before every volleyball game in high school. Like I just had to, and I was like, I need those. And I really didn't, but yeah, well, <laughs> and it's, it's funny even now as adults, how sometimes we aren't maybe aware of what we put into our bodies and how that affects how we perform. We may not be the high school or college athlete that we used to be, but if we're walking into a sales meeting, if we've got a a big day ahead and things like that, and we're not fueling properly the day before, the night before, the morning of, Mm -hmm. it's going to lead to a sluggish performance and we're not going to have our best game as well, right? Exactly, yeah. So I wanted to add that in there because I found a lot of high school athletes, they sort of knew this, and we all sort of know what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to eat, how we're supposed to fuel, but using that as a way to help performance was something I wanted to add in there that I could talk to them about that and add that to my scope of practice to get the overall athlete experience, not just one part of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and that makes a complete sense on that side as well. I'm curious because you work with a lot of high school athletes and, and one of the things that I would imagine, uh, and I could be wrong, so correct me that they would have to deal with probably way more than I did as a high schooler is the game of comparison and comparing yourself to other athletes because everybody's on social media. And I feel like that's such an important topic from a mental performance side, because if we're playing the comparison game, it's really going to impact how we show up and, and where we're focused. And it happens to us as adults as well, that we get stuck in this trap of constantly comparing ourselves. How do you like to work with your athletes in terms of really dialing in their focus on what's in their control and their own race, essentially? Yeah, definitely. You hit the nail on the head with the comparison. Like when I was a high school athlete, there was no social media. I didn't have to compare myself to anyone else. Like maybe the girl in my hometown, but that was it. Like, but it wasn't in my face all the time. And um, high school athletes now, they have a lot of different pressures between that and a lot of travel ball stuff and different things with that. And part of the comparison part and getting them to focus on what's in their control is getting them to understand they have control. Because a lot of times they, as a high school athlete, like you're going along your day, you're like, mom, dad, what's my schedule? Coach, what am I doing? And so getting them to understand where their control is at is a really good first step in getting that awareness up a little bit because a lot of things they just think is outside of their control. So first off, like let's figure out what is in your control. And then from there, um, the social media piece, I I really urge my my athletes to be very cognizant when they're on social media and um, question things like, is that really how life is or is that just a snippet of life? Um, you know, and they project different things as well. So just being very, um, I guess, critical when they're on social media. So they're not as comparison comparison shopping with that. Yeah, no. And, and I, and I love that. And, and just the importance of, of being intentional with a lot of that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you along those same lines, cause you mentioned, you know, in high school students, they, a lot of times their schedules are made. They've got to be at school. Mm-hmm. They've got to be home. They have parents moving them around. You've got practice. Your schedules are set a lot of times, mm-hmm. but there's still an importance of routines within that and what you still control. Mm-hmm. And the reason I ask that is because the adults listening, you still have time obligations. You have to be at work or you have to be on Zoom. If you're working from home, you might have to pick up the kids from school or dinner. Like you have set windows as well, where 
it's already determined for you by something or someone outside of your control. How do you, we, and, and how do you encourage that we create routines within what's in our control that best serve us for maybe optimizing our performance or how we show up? Yeah, definitely. I, I work a lot of, with my high school athletes on routines, um, kind of peppering in their time management for them because time management, um, a lot of times in high school, you just lose track of like, I have this homework assignment, I have this test, I have whatever. Six weeks to do it and I wait five weeks. and Yes, exactly. So time management gets peppered in there, especially with the high school kids about like with routines, but specifically when we're getting the, when I'm getting them prepared for competition, we'll talk about, okay, what are things we need maybe the night before or the day before? What are things we need and what are things we want? And so using that to kind of start the conversation um, during a match or literally right before, like I'm thinking tennis right now. Um, when I work with my tennis players, a lot of times like, what can we do pre-match? So what do we need to release? Like release whatever was going on, like in our personal lives, what do we need to release that we can focus? And then from there, what do we need to plan? Do we need to do a game plan? Do we need to get my energy level up? Do we need to get it down? What's the plan right now? And then now we need to refocus. That's the last part. So it's release, plan, refocus. So then they can, at that point, the refocus is like, okay, it's game time, let's go. Need to get out of my head and let's go perform type thing. So I usually use that kind of um, structure to help them conceptualize how, how we put together this routine for them. Well, and, and I love that because for anyone listening, you can easily do this practice on your own, take out a piece of paper and write down, you know, what do I need to release? What do I need to plan for? And then refocus what I need to focus on. And it sounds very simplistic. Um, it probably is going to take some work to dig through yourself a little bit to get a better grasp of it, but it's an exercise anyone listening can start today. Uh, along the lines of exercises we start today, I know you mentioned that if you had a better understanding of self-talk when you were young, uh, it would have been a game changer for you. And, and I would agree on my end as well, that would have been incredibly beneficial. What I'm curious about is, is how we distinguish between building healthy self-talk uh, and building unhealthy because I, and I don't say unhealthy in terms of negativity, but I think sometimes those false positives or trying to paint pictures that aren't realistic are just as damaging and negative as actual negative self-talk. And so how do you, when you talk to your athletes, determine between the two of like, how are you positively talking to yourself, building a strong, positive self-talk versus li- essentially lying to yourself yeah. while trying to be positive? Yeah, so I, I talk to my athletes a lot more, not necessarily about positive and negative self-talk, but more about helpful and unhelpful. Love it. So to give them a little bit understanding like what's going to help me in this situation and what's not going to be helpful. And lying to myself and those false positives, are not it's not helpful in that situation because you, you know yourself and you know when you're not being truthful. Yeah. Like honesty hits a little bit better. And so um, part of that is the explanation, like let's, there's three things we can always do with our thoughts. We can either ignore them, just kind of push them aside and like keep going. Like we have thousands of thoughts a day. Do we act on every single one of them? So we can either kind of ignore them and push through a little bit more and not really pay too much attention in mind and being in the present moment. We can challenge them. We can really like, is this thought I'm having truthful? Is it something that I'm just making up a narrative in my head? Like, oh, I suck today. Like, do I really suck today? Or did I just miss that forehand? 
you know, so challenging that thought. Or the last thing is, um, you know, just kind of delving into that thought. And usually I tell athletes, like, when you're competing, it's not the time to delve into the thought, like, why am I having this thought? But it's a good reflection tool for later. So the first part is figuring out what type of thought you need and what skill within like, do I ignore it? Do I challenge it? Or do I delve into it? And figuring out which one works best. Usually most of them go with the chat, like let's challenge my thought. Like I'm not gonna um, let myself think along those lines. And so usually I have them become aware of that, like the unhelpful thought, then in their mind, do a stop thought, like stop <laughs> thought technique. It's that's such a tongue twister for me. It is. <laughs> um, and then, you know, from there, replace it with something that will be helpful, whether it be something psychological that's motivating, that gets them going, that builds confidence, that's not lying to them, but more something that they need. It might be just a simple quote, um, or it could be something about technique, or it could be something tactical, a strategy that they're going to build on. So kind of going along those lines with the self-talk. <laughs> Well, and I, and I find that beneficial the way you position that as well is because in the midst of competition, like you don't want to delve into that thought. And so it reemphasizes the importance of doing the work ahead of time, of preparing mm -hmm. for these mental skills that we need. And, and that's one thing we've talked about here on the show for the last year of most people got knocked off their game when COVID hit and quarantine and life changed dramatically. And, and you could see who had already invested time building mental skills and, and mm -hmm. developing some of this to be more resilient or adaptable. And then you saw those who hadn't. And there were a lot of people at the time who were like, man, I've got to start building this. They do a little work on it. Mm -hmm. But then as life starts to open back up and, and somewhat return to normal in places, they're forgetting about it again. And, and what they're failing to see in that moment is exactly what you emphasize of there's times to delve into it and practice and build that. Um, and it's not in the heat of battle. And so mm -hmm. how do we make sure that we're intentionally doing it now? And I think you've given us a, a couple of different activities right here on just how we can build those things, which I appreciate and find incredibly helpful for the listeners. What is maybe an area we haven't talked on in, in mental skills performance that you're maybe even more passionate about? Is there something beyond self-talk, something that you're diving into more here in 2021 that you're trying to explore more and work more on? Yeah. So I'm going to get a little bit on my soapbox. I'm going to Let's do it. Let's that. do it. Um, you know, so one of my pet peeves is people saying, get out of your comfort zone. I know it's, it's like colloquial and it's like, everyone does it. And I mean, I even did it like, but one of the things, something about the comfort zone, I really delved into 2020, okay. like just because everyone was it, 2020, just yeah a crazy year. That's just putting it in a nutshell. Yep. And so with comfort zone, a lot are like, we need to get out of our comfort zone. We need to do this. And I hear a lot with coaches and athletes, like, Let's get out of our comfort zone. But the thing is, a lot of things that I studied in graduate school and even afterwards and, you know, continue to learn, you know, with mental training and sports psychology, our job is to make you comfortable when things are uncomfortable. That's our job. Yeah. So getting out of your comfort zone. I don't like the terminology, just the semantics of it. But Would you reframe it to... Yeah making a larger comfort zone or creating yes. more opportunities to pull things in. Yeah. Okay. So I usually say, let's expand our comfort zone, you know, cause we perform best. Like when we're in the heat of competition, we perform best when we're comfortable, when we're confident, when we're sure of our own skills. So 
when we get out of our comfort zone, that's where anxieties come in. That's where doubt comes in. That's where I know some people say that's where growth comes in and, and yes, to a certain point. Um, but part of the, um, the comfort zone is we want to expand it. So your comfort zone gets larger and larger and larger so that no matter what comes your way, you feel ready to take it on. And that's the big thing. So, and let me a- ask you this question as kind of a follow-up because I like how you position that in terms of expanding your comfort zone so that you essentially have more tools in your mental arsenal. You're, you're more capable in more areas, but the initial practice of that is uncomfortable or is discomforting, of course. Yeah. And so that should be expected. It's not that when you're saying expand your comfort zone, that everything you're going to, you're going to do is going to be within comfort and, and easier. What you're trying to do is, is do lean into a little more discomfort at times so that it becomes more comfortable process for you. And your comfort zone becomes bigger in terms of what you're able to do and where you're able to, to capably hold up. Correct. Yeah, exactly. And and part of that also is um, like, if you think of strength and conditioning, you know, they have periodization, like the mesocycle cycles where they're like, okay, this is a time we're really going to like push you. We're going to like, you're going to lift heavier weights. You're going to go harder. But then when it gets closer to those peaks where you want to peak, you might scale back a little bit on some of the stuff. And so same thing with your comfort zone is understanding when is a good idea. When is the time to stretch it? And, you know, it might be at practice. It might be preseason. It might be, um, you know, away from competition. In competition, that's where you want to have your peak experiences. That's where you want to be comfortable and know you have the ability to do it. I love it. I love it. That That's a good soapbox to stand on and I'll happily support listening to that. So thank you. I thank you. And that also just challenged me and in, in how I've looked at it because I, I agree. I mean, I'm one of those people of like, get out of your comfort zone because We've I, all done it. We've all we, done it. we all do it because, you know, I think a lot of people's defaults is complacency. And, and so that's just comfortable. It's not always comfortable to go to the gym or things like that, but I love how you reframed it in terms of expanding your comfort zone so that initially it is uncomfortable. It's new, it's different. It's, but the more you do it, the more adapt it becomes part of that comfort zone. We, we think about the first time we go to the gym and work out, it's kind of awkward. It's uncomfortable, yep. worried. People are worrying, looking at us a couple of years in, you're just like, this is my home. This, I, you know, this is where I go. Like it's part yeah. of who I am. So I love how that you reframe that. Amanda, this has been a lot of fun. I know you work with a ton of high school athletes who we have parents of listening to this show as well. Where can people get connected with you? Because you're, I know you just rebranded, you're expanding all of your practices. We talked about off air to talk about some of that physical side, the health side, as well as the mental performance side. Um, So where can we follow you on social media and where's the best place to connect with your work on your website? Yeah, so um, best place, I am on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's at a game underscore SP. So, and then right now I'm in the middle of the rebrand. So my website might change a little bit, but currently it is www.agamesportspsych.com. And I love it. And we'll have all of that linked to the show notes. Um, and then when your update and, and kind of the website redo is finished, uh, we'll update that as well on our end. So anyone listening to this down the line from the release date, will still be able to connect with you as well. 
Amanda, thank you so incredibly much for making some time today. And, and I'm going to give you a shout out to the, the listeners don't know, as we originally had this scheduled when the ice storm hit Texas uh, and we didn't have power or internet and it was just chaotic and you were so gracious to reschedule. So thank you incredibly for making time for our audience today. I, I am, I'm glad you got you guys got through it. I have family in Texas, so I know how hard it was for a lot of people. So We're just everybody... not ready for that weather here. 100 degree yeah. heat will handle all day. But I, I'm in I... Florida. We're not yeah. ready for that. No. No, if, if Florida ever gets it, I'm really worried that something bad's happened because I mean, Texas, I can kind of see where in the middle of Florida, y'all are just out there by the ocean. Like you yeah. should never have it. No. Yeah, awesome. We're, we're not ready for cold weather. I'm not <laughs> ready for cold weather. I was about to say you were in Texas and now you're in Florida. I can tell you like the warmer weather. Uh, I, was lifestyle. I was born in Hawaii. So oh, I, yeah. I, I don't do cold weather. <laughs> that is that is outside my comfort zone and I know it. And <laughs> I'm not expanding it that direction. I'm not expanding. No. I get it. I get it. Awesome. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for hanging out this week. No problem. Thanks for inviting me. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To listen to past episodes, be sure to check out podcast.competeveryday.com. And to get in touch with the show, email us at podcast.competeveryday.com. Everybody wants to win, but not everybody's willing to compete for that victory. Since you're one who will, show up today and win. We're cheering for you.